and welcome to Evangel Bros, your podcast about biblical literacy, discipleship, and historical slash cultural context. I'm your co-host, George Benson. I'm your other co-host, Don Sheever. And we're actually in person talking. We are. We're, we're live. Yes. We're live for later radio. Oh, man. It's like we're living in the future or oh. in the past. Hey, how does that work? Uh, yes, and. Okay. All right. Well, hi, future people listening. Hi. Um, so we don't really have an agenda for this episode, which you can say that from I, most of our episodes. Like there's a sometimes topic that we'll go with. Yeah, I feel like I feel like we just have been suckering these people along for a while now. We're just in it for the money. Yes. Yes, we are. <laughs> um, which is a great segue to apologize to our Patreon supporters for the inconsistent live episodes yeah probably anyway um so don we are wrapping up advent um christmas i mean we are yeah we are not the the calendar is yes this episode is coming out on christmas day oh it is yeah oh merry christmas yeah oh yeah merry christmas and honestly, let's let's just be truthful, folks. You should not be listening to this on Christmas Day. You probably have better things to do. So you're probably listening to this sometime after Christmas. So yeah, enjoy the new year. Absolutely. Um, so you will be teaching this upcoming Sunday on hope. Hope. Yeah, we didn't do. I don't think that's the proper order. We we kind of did ours a little bit differently at dust this year. We did. Uh, we had. Four different people, myself included, so three other people that each represented um, different intersectionality. And so everyone had an opportunity to choose which, uh, which Advent topic and which week they wanted to go. So we didn't do the order, but this week I get the honor of talking about hope. So did you choose to talk about hope? or was It was it the leftover. Was it really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So evidently the other people didn't think that there was anything to talk about with hope. That's fair. So how are you uh, feeling about that? Hopeful. (laughs) (laughs) See what I did there? I did. Yeah. It's kind of obvious. Yeah. But seriously, um, because, you know, you've not been secretive about your health issues. And, you know, I think, I don't know what's been, personally, I've been having a hard time getting into the spirit of this Christmas season, which... Normally, I'm like Clark Griswold from Christmas Vacation. I'm, oh. I'm all about this. And this year, I don't know what happens sometime in early November. I just want to fast forward through to January 1st. Well, I, I mean, you're dressed up like an elf right now. It really kind of says opposite of what you just said. Yeah, but they couldn't see that, so thanks for giving that away yeah it's the curly toed shoes thing <laughs> with the bells <laughs> yeah well you know um you know it's it's interesting because i think we put hope in the wrong things um and because of that it's easy to lose focus of of what what we should be hopeful for right so like i think we have we still have a little bit of entitlement i know that's shocking uh that that we should have like this nice frosting of white snow that politics should be kind and generous and that the world should not be abusive, oppressive and angry. And all of this 
expectation that that should have all been figured out for us and because of that we look at we look at what's going on in our current climate uh, and literally the climate and we we don't feel hopeful and the truth is in my opinion at least is that that's kind of putting hope in the wrong places and i'm not going like super spiritual religious here that our hope is in jesus and none of that matters but when we put our hope in things that we we have no direct um strength to reverse or overcome then uh it's more like wishing than it is hope right i feel like when we talk about hope we should be talking about um so like in in the uh epistles there's the passage that says be prepared with an answer for the hope that you have right i don't think it's this mystical hope that is outside of our uh, contribution and so i think that hope comes from participation not from uh witnessing something right and i think in a lot of ways we're sitting back witnessing all this unhealth and distress that the world is going through the politics and climate change racism uh, queer phobia islamophobia all those things and we we look at it and we feel overwhelmed by the amount of work that needs to be done yeah and what i would argue is that hope comes instead in our action towards subverting that right it's it's in the individual uh, actions that actively subvert uh, oppression that actively subvert climate change that actively subvert and that is where we can find our hope is that we we can participate we can't necessarily dictate the outcome on our own but each of us individually can bring some amount of life or light or contribution to each thing and it's in that illumination that uh and the combining illuminations with other people who are also bringing their small amount of light to the darkness that hope swells and for me i think that's just really important and i think we we look this is one of the situations in which you know we we definitely have hammered here on this podcast about the idea that the you know scripture is not individual it's corporate yeah but this hope is something that I think is lies within the locking of arms corporately, but begins individually. Like a community doesn't have hope unless individuals within that community have hope. And so it's that it's that building that you know snowball effect, if you will, yeah, of hope that happens. No, I, that makes sense. I mean, you know, I've a part of churches that want to try and affect social change and that always it's not a church that's about that i mean you can have churches that are about that or communities that are about that but if individuals aren't getting the ball rolling on that it doesn't matter if that's what they're about right i mean that makes sense i mean i yeah okay that's a great way of describing so i've been like i've really like haven't felt anything 
but I still have been trying to describe how I do have this hope about, you know, one of my, I almost say it like a joke sometimes, surprise, surprise, but it's true. Like I live in the hope of the redemption of all things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that hope is an active choice because if I believe that this is happening and like, that's why I love the Advent season, like the, the arrival of, of the Christ child or however you want to put it, uh, it's me actively choosing to participate in that hope. The hope is already here. Mm-hmm. It's just a nice reminder that it's something that we can still anti- or still anticipate. So even though I'm not feeling anything or not feeling excited about the season that I normally love, I still am trying to choose in that hope of um, that even though it might not be present in my life at the moment, I can help bring it to someone else. Yeah. Yeah, and that's where I think it's important, right? I think the difference between the the segment of Christendom that would say that their hope is in the return of Messiah um, versus what you said about the hope in the redemption of all things, a lot of times I would argue they've confused uh, they've confused this notion of an escape pod. Mm-hmm. or a uh you know uh i don't know a lifeboat okay for hope well that's not hopeful that means that you're just assuming the boat's sinking yeah we're tr- we're trying to get out of here to something and you've survived yeah and that's the, i wouldn't necessarily say that that's hopeful as much as that's that's abandoning ship that's getting out while the getting's good um Whereas hope is this notion of participation, right? Like the hopeful people, if you think about like, uh, I don't know enough about the Titanic, but if you think about like a a sinking ship, Mm -hmm. right? The people that have hope are the ones that are actually going and waking people up, making sure people are safe. And they're hopeful that these people will be saved. Uh, They might even be repairing, uh, you know, as quickly as possible the whole trying to actually preserve the boat and therefore save lives and i think that is the action of hope whereas the people who at first sound of the boat sinking are scrambling towards the lifeboats i don't know that i would categorize that in the same way um i know that we would use the word hope there yeah like that they had hope that they could survive by getting on a lifeboat and i know we would use that word but i think when i'm thinking about theological concepts i I think of it in much bigger terms than survival of the fittest and instead think about it in terms of servitude of the fittest right like that we are uh, striving to uh, see this thing through Mm -hmm. that instead of abandoning the earth we are trying to be a part of the redemption of the earth. Oh my God. I've been thinking, oh yeah. Okay. So I don't know if this ties, it ties into what you just said. I don't know if it ties into the larger whole, maybe it does. Um, the, I, so Jeff Bezos, who has, he has, he has like a mom and pop shop, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's named after a river in Egypt. Oh, um, the Nile. Yep. That's it. Uh, (laughs) well, so I, and please correct me if I'm wrong, listeners, uh, the he, he's putting he's funneling part of his money into 
um, a space program mm. instead of paying us taxes. Whatever. Anyway, uh, and you know you've got Elon Musk doing the same thing, trying to start colonies on Mars. And so it's. Like, I have a quick question about that. Yeah. So will this space force be like? Like, well, the first thing that they do is give a ticket to Elon Musk's convertible. Like, they'll be, like, oh, the the space meter maids. Honestly, if that's what it does, I... Uh, I'm for it. I'm, yeah, I'm kind of for it, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, sorry. So, no, Elon no, no, Musk okay. and yeah, Jeff so, 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 you've got people... And even the guy from Virgin. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, whatever. I, yes. So, you have people who have resources to help fix what's going on in the world but instead they're funneling resources into leaving the world right because they don't believe in redemption they believe in you know this isn't fair so i'm gonna i'm still gonna say it the way i want to say it but i don't think it's a fair statement they don't believe in redemption they believe in being a creator yes so holy shit yes Sorry, go ahead. No, that's it. No, I, I. It's just like the, you know. I think about the kind of, I, I've got a group of friends that don't I've, lie. I've got a few friends who I've been playing a form of Dungeons and Dragons with for almost five years now, and we talk about sci-fi nerdy stuff. And terraforming comes up, not pretty regularly, but every now and again. And I just keep thinking, how messed up of, of a concept is this? Where we want to terraform a planet just to rebuild resources that we currently have here that we're not trying to preserve or do anything about. Right. There was a great Onion article that came out um, a couple weeks ago, maybe, that uh, South American country uh, freaks out finding wealth of natural resources to try and hide from the West. Right. Like, and the idea being that you know we'll come in and and pillage the land for that. Sure, we are the locusts. Oh my god. Yeah. So it's so so this stuff is going on, and I sometimes feel like you know I feel like people that carry the mantle of Christian at best were pretty crazy. I, I like on on paper. Some of the shit that we think makes no sense. And anyway, so like um, to to continue to choose hope and to be active in that when we see everything going on around us. Yeah. Is so overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's been part of the funk that I've been in this season is just like, you know. Yeah. Well, last year when, when we when I talked about hope, um, and I might have mentioned it on the podcast. I'm not certain, but it's been a year, and hopefully people have forgotten if it has been. Uh, but when Jesus was born into this world, mm-hmm. right? If he is the hope of the world, as as we tend to imagine, right? As members of the Christian community, he didn't his birth didn't eradicate evil his birth didn't eradicate nor did his death yeah or nor his resurrection right did not eradicate uh evil did not eradicate 
darkness. Instead, as I would explain to our community, that Jesus provided a prick of light in the midst of a dark night, mm-hmm. right? And then invited each of us along to also become pricks of light in that in that darkness, right? Which, of course, then someone in our church uh, came up with a T-shirt that said, you know, be a prick <laughs> of hope or something like that. Yeah. So it sounds on brand. Yeah. So, but this picture really is this idea of we are we're each contributing. We both we each pierce the darkness. And as we pierce the darkness more and more, uh, our individual prick of light might not seem like much, but it's hopeful to see like whether you're in a tunnel and you see the light at the end of the tunnel and that just that small dot of light Mm -hmm. brings hope. And that is what our role is in this world. Our role is to be that light in those places, right? Whether it's the light on a hill and all of that stuff, right? You don't hide under a bushel, blah, 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 right? But this picture of us taking what we believe the world should be based on how we read the scriptures and then living that in such a way that creates these these spots of light whether it's you're thinking about like laying out in a field and looking up at the stars yeah right i don't know about you but i don't know many people that can do that and not experience some level of awe and wonder and maybe even hope yeah right and so that's our role our role isn't to change the night sky to daylight um our role is to pierce the darkness in every opportunity that we have and i find that to be something that's very doable if you have a completely black sky maybe let's do it this way um Oh, what is the, um, what is the toy from like the seventies and eighties? Light, light bright, yeah, right. And if you take yeah that black sheet, oh yeah, and you poke that one light bulb into it or that one piece of plastic in it that allows the light to come through, it's obvious, right? Like it sticks out. The same thing's true with the night sky. If you were ever to look at a pitch black night sky, not because it's cloudy or overcast, right? But instead just it's a pitch black sky and there was one uh, star visible. It would be extremely noticeable. In fact, I would argue you'd be quicker to notice that than the utter darkness, right? Which is so fascinating that one small prick of light can attract all the attention from all the surrounding darkness. And, And to me, that's where i think we as members of the faithful have gotten out of maybe i don't i don't want to say out of line but maybe out of sorts is that we're trying to eradicate the darkness in the sky Mm -hmm. instead of adding more light and i think that that's our role i think that if all the faithful were to to be that piercing light in the sky that eventually, yeah, we could we could overcome the darkness, right? Um, but I don't think our role is to just wait for the sun to rise. No pun intended on how you spell that, right? Yeah, yeah. You were you were talking, and I was just thinking of the opening of uh, Genesis. God said, "Let there be light," and there is light, and you know the the darkness is is there present with that. It doesn't the light doesn't eradicate we don't, I mean the sun's not even made until a couple of days later so right it's just 
Yeah. No, that's... And I think that, that I definitely get caught up in that, the idea of wanting to um, completely eradicate the darkness. Yeah. Like, I think most people do. Yeah. Like, oh, Which is why so many of my friends that are into politics that are opposed to Trump mm-hmm. feel so hopeless right now because they imagine the only way for there to be hope is for him to be gone and in my opinion that's given way too much power to this person yeah and that's giving him the authority that he wants and i think that the church the faithful and i realize that white evangelicalism is a huge reason if not the reason that Trump is in in office to begin with, but I think that the church that you know Christianity Today just released an article yeah. saying that he should be booted, which was convenient because the editor is retiring in two weeks. Huh. Weird. Uh, so it was it's a pretty safe uh, article to write, I guess. But you know, it isn't our job is to you know obviously through voting and everything else you know make our opinions heard but we shouldn't allow uh corruptness and uh evil and wickedness regardless of what station they hold in the world to steal our hope Mm. like like that's sad that's sad that our hope is in a political office. Yeah. Our, it's sad that our hope is in, um, you know, uh, energy reform. Um, now, don't get me wrong. It scares me. I have a 16-year-old son, and it scares me what kind of future he might face if we don't do something about climate change. Yeah. Um, that, that scares me. But I remember during the—I don't personally remember during the Cold War— but during the Cold War, people were building nuclear bunkers, assuming that the nuclear uh, end was coming any day. Yeah. Um, so they lived in a different sort of fear of the end of all things. And we, I don't know. I just feel like it's so hard to talk about, right? Because I don't want to dismiss the weight of those things. Those things are heavy and Absolutely. those things are complicated and we need to do whatever we can to stand up against them but we should not and we shall not (laughs) allow that to define hope yeah it's not hope is you and i's individual spark and i don't want to get all like gnostic here but like get a little gnostic it's fine you know it's it's our individual spark of light in this world yeah that will bring hope like i can bring hope to my neighbor that it doesn't matter who the president of the United States is. I can bring hope to my community. It doesn't matter what the climate realities are. Um, And I feel like in some ways we're exhausted and we're tired and we've forgotten that we still are hope. Like we don't necessarily have hope, right? Like it's not about having hope. It's that we are hope. Like Jesus was hope. Yeah. Not Jesus had hope. Like 
we need to change that. We need to change our language. Like, we are hope. People are hope. So, anyhow, I'm preaching now. No, that's fine. I'm just... Uh, the, I mean, it's a broad it's a broad topic. But, you know, you were talking about you don't want to dismiss the weight of climate change and the, everything going on politically. Of course, it worries me all the time. No, absolutely. But, like, the... Yeah, I, you know, I'm trying to think about the the weight of that and how if there's a difference between like so okay, right now I am just like you know trying to just get through right now, right? Uh, because of you know there's personal stuff going on, there's whatever. Anyway. And but I still have this idea of of what hope is, but I'm also paralyzed in the shit of the weight, like the weight of the stuff that's going on. Yeah. So you know, I feel, shame is something that I feel strongly. Mm. Uh, you know, I go into shame cycles when I'm when I'm not in a healthy spot. Unfortunately, that's not happening right now. But it's just you know, I think about how. Um, the shame cycle perpetuates this hopelessness even though or the sense of hopelessness because I can't do X, Y, or Z. Hmm. Yet I'm still trying to, in some cases, convince myself that there is hope. Not only that I have it, but that I will one day continue to actively be a part of that. Hmm. And so... Like I definitely get where where you're coming from, and but at the same time it's just like you know well, when the weight of the shit is is getting me down. Right. Well, this is where we have that, I, and I'm sure you've heard this saying. Uh, I want to stop just surviving and begin thriving. I've never right. heard that, but that sounds yeah. Right. So you know you can't thrive when you're just trying to survive. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think this, I think that plays into a little bit of this topic of hope, right? Is that for many people, they're in survival mode. Yeah. And when you're in the midst of survival mode, um, surviving is the hope. Yeah. Right. Um, but as a as a whole, as the human race, we've been fighting for survival since our inception. Yeah. Right. Like. That's been the story of humanity. Now, I think some of it is our arrogance to think that we've overcome it <laughs> and that we now sit atop the food and nature chain. Yeah. And so, therefore, we we will win. Uh, and now when nature is fighting back, um, we're not used to that position, right? And But the human race has been been living in survival mode for its existence, that shouldn't remove hope. Like, think about Jesus is born into a setting where Israel is occupied by Rome. Mm-hmm. There are, you know, cruci- crucified people lining the roads, right? That, you know, Holocaust level murders of Jewish people and other, uh, other uh, peoples by yeah. Rome for being disobedient. And, and yet, in the midst of that, while Israel is trying to survive, 
Jesus is hope. Yeah. Right? And if you noticed, his hope isn't failed, at least according to the story, because he dies and Israel still in is still being occupied. Because hope wasn't about there not being survival. Hope was something more transcendent than that. Hope was something that in the midst of all the chaos, you can still find light. You can still find that glimmer of redemption. You can still find... I think about, you know, Paul, shipwrecked, beaten, thrown off a cliff, imprisoned, right? Yet always seem to have joy and hope at at his ready. And it, was, it wasn't because... Uh, he had it all right that the world was at his feet yeah it was instead in the midst of all the chaos the one thing that cannot be stolen from us if we choose is hope yeah you just okay so you made a good point with paul which is not something i normally say um <laughs> about me or about paul in general okay fair uh, enough. To, well, i should say to most people but you, so you, you brought up joy and hope and i think I mean, personally, because I can't speak to everybody, um, something I may have forgotten is that I confuse both of those as the same thing. Mm. When I am joyful, I feel hopeful. Sure. Yes. I think I think that is absolutely... I think people perceive that if you don't have joy, you can't have hope. Yeah. Right? So when you asked me earlier about with my health... Yeah. Right? Um, I would say that, you know, it's, it's, I still feel hope in the sense of that I can still be a light in the darkness. Mm. Um, I don't know that I would use the word hope in the term of I'm hopeful that I'll get a diagnosis that, uh, allows me to return to, you know, the way I was prior. Yeah. Now, as someone dealing with that, it's easy to confuse those two, right? It's easy to say, I've lost hope. Yeah. Right? But I would say my life doesn't reflect that I've lost hope. I still do the podcast. I still disciple people. Yeah. I still teach on Sundays at church. Um, and what it is, is that, again, we confuse things that are out of our hands with with hope right the things that i can control i inject with hope yeah um the things that i can't control i am left to uh find where hope lies within the midst of that even if it isn't solving it and i i think that's what we do we we imagine it's it's only solution based right so i can have hope if the climate gets fixed yeah i can have hope if the impeachment leads to removal i can have hope if um and the truth is hope withstands all those things yeah hope because hope isn't transactional yeah and it's also not solution it's it's not solving the problems it's lighting the way in the midst of problems right um Hope is the light, the moonlight on a dark trail that allows you to keep your footing. 
right? It's not that the trail gets smooth or that the woods all of a sudden illuminate. It's that there is enough light for you to navigate the treacherous walk. Like, that's hope. And so how do we illuminate people's paths? How do we, you and I, members of the faithful, live in such a way that the, the things that we can impact by our presence, by our affluence, by our time, by our energy. Uh, how are we participating in, in making paths more navigate, navigatable? Easier to navigate. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> so that's, that's where I feel hope is. And I wish I could say that, you know, I have hope that we won't have four more years of our current political situation. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't use that word for that, right? I, I wouldn't say hope. I would say um, I'd be disappointed <laughs> if we continued down this path yeah. without better lighting. Um, and so, you know, this is where even think about the way we argue with people or debate with people. We don't debate or argue with hope. Say more on that. Like, we're not attempting to illuminate a path in order for that person to be able to better see. Um, And this goes both directions, right? Mm -hmm. Instead, we're trying to convince them they're on the wrong path. And I don't think that that's helpful. I, I think that yeah. that's combative. That's uh, you know that's that's mixing some things that aren't healthy. I find that the best way that I can communicate with someone that I'm in disagreement with is appreciating how they ended up on the path that they're on, appreciating the complications that they face in traversing that path, their determination to continue down that path, and then if I'm fortunate enough to be able to, in some way, um, walk with them a brief distance and even possibly to illuminate some of the path to make the traveling a little bit easier. But it's up to them if they use that illumination to get onto something else mm-hmm. or if they just use that illumination to better navigate uh, maybe more healthily uh, where they're heading. And I realize metaphors fall apart and I'm probably, you know, have taken this one beyond where it should go. But I, I think that even in our conversations, we need to be more hopeful. No, I don't think that you, you took that too far. I mean, I think there's always the, the balance of engaging with somebody who is a part of actively harming others. Certainly. Which I don't think that you came across saying that uh, I lost the the trail on that one. (laughs) Well, yeah, I'm not saying that we, like someone that's actively harming someone else, it's it's not about, uh, you know. uh, You're not going to light their path and show them why they're wrong. Like it's... Well, I think it all depends on the power dynamics in the conversation, right? This is where there's no blanket response to any of this. If the power dynamics are such that I think that because of my uh, stature in our community, 
and I don't mean that in any grandiose way, that I'm more likely to have someone who I disagree with at least value my perspective a little bit more than some other people that they disagree with. Yeah. And because of that, I hold a little bit of power there. The power dynamic has shifted to me. And I think because of that, I'm able to help them in a way that someone who they hold power over shouldn't be responsible to do. Got it. Right. So if I have either because of equality or because of a social dynamic that gives me equal power or authority or more, Mm -hmm. I think I can engage conversations a little bit differently or should engage conversations a little bit differently than someone who actually is coming from lower station of power right like they don't have to try and be kind and make sure that the person's okay and safe in the way they walk they can choose to do that but that's not an obligation on them yeah um they can just do you know whatever they need to survive and this goes back to the difference of survival versus hope right so um yeah i think that for me what's important isn't that we coddle someone but I think we make a mistake. You mentioned the idea of someone that's causing harm. Mm-hmm. I, look, let, let's just be honest. Um, you know, the drone kills that Obama allowed. Absolutely. Like, there's, there's deaths on the doorstep of Obama's presidency um, that I can't condone. Yeah. Um, and we can't just imagine that Trump is evil and Obama is not, or Obama is evil and Trump is not. They both have had to make very complicated decisions. And I'm not pulling the hole, there are fine people on both sides. Right. Where I think where I get concerned is we vilify the people that support them instead of the the person themselves right like if you are upset that people support trump do you feel like people should be upset that you supported obama because obama killed people allowed drone strikes to kill innocent people do you think that you are in some way evil because you and I don't know this to be true about you, I'm just speaking in general, no. that, that you would hold Obama up as one of the best presidents we've ever had, right? Yeah. Um, and that's where I get concerned, yeah. is that we take the morality of the president or the, the, the office and place it on the voters. And I become concerned about that. Um, I think that there are times that we need to hold people accountable. And it kind of reminds me of Christianity Today, where, you know, the magazine article we referenced earlier that we'll say we'll put in the show notes, but we won't. Yeah. Um, Is, you know, how can you, as a Christian, support this, not condemn this, um, and yet had condemned Bill Clinton? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's like the uh, the clip of Senator Graham that's going around talking about when a, a president must answer a subpoena. Right. And now, yes. Yeah. Right. And I, so I think that 
where I get concerned is we're too quick to label people as evil or harm doers. Oh, I, I would completely agree. I mean, this is part of a larger conversation that we've touched on quite a bit. Like, nuance is incredibly important in these conversations, which yep. is why blanket statements and aspects of culture are harmful to progression. Yeah. But this is where hope comes in. Yeah. And the question is, how are you going to spend... Like, if we think of ourselves like a flashlight, mm-hmm. right? That eventually the light's going to dim out and go out, right? Because we all die. Yeah. What are you going to spend your life uh, illuminating? Right? What is it that you're going to use? Are you going to be a spotlight that points out all the horrible things in people? Or are you going to be uh, a lighthouse that seeks the well-being of all the sojourners and passerbys, right? We have a choice how we use that. And I think it's really important. And I think too often, my experience in Christendom has been that we'd rather be a spotlight that points at all the people, like we're like the guard shack lights that want to just point at the inmates and, you know, um, make perceived safety by keeping them in the light uh, and... Instead, I, I want to be, I want to be a beacon, um, and I think that's what hope is. Yeah, I mean, you you brought up the lighthouse, um, and the, and this touches back on an earlier conversation we had um, about salvation and providing safety. Hmm, yeah. So, are we going to spend our time and our light, like a lighthouse, providing salvation? Yeah. Or are we going to continue to? yeah be spotlights no that's I think that that's an excellent place to wrap up good Uh, I want to I just want to add I mean this was I mean very much off the cuff right yes Um, I appreciate this because this is helping me form my teaching for this coming Sunday (laughs) so I'm glad this is coming out after my teaching me too (laughs) Um, but I'd also say that there's some of this that I would probably revise if when I sit down and, and work out my teaching, yeah. there are some points in this that I think that I would I would either pull back a little bit, scrub up a little bit. So what you really got today is kind of my process uh, of thinking through something out loud. Um, so I'm grateful, George, for you asking the question. I'm grateful for our listeners to listen and, and hear. And I would be ecstatic if you could message me in the past, before my teaching this Sunday, which will be a few days before this comes out, uh, so you can help me refine this teaching would be fantastic. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So get on that, everybody. <laughs> Please. It would be helpful. <laughs> um, so I think what we're going to do with the podcast as a whole, though, is take uh, come back after New Year, probably the yep. second week of January. Sounds and, good. Um, you know, again, try. we're going to continue to try and do the weekly stuff. Um but we'll have a, a there will be a, a, a post coming up about about what the future of this looks like. I think we do the best job of keeping people up to date on Facebook is probably our most consistent. Is that fair? I, I think that that is very fair. So if you haven't already, like us on Facebook, 
check us out on Instagram and Twitter uh, at Evangel Bros. Uh, and also shoot us an email, evangelbros at gmail.com. And like I said in that awful joke at the beginning, we are also on Patreon, which does get updated. So a quick shout out to all of our Patreon supporters. Thank you so much for your support. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm your co-host, George. I'm your other co-host, Don. Have a great uh, holiday. Yes. Enjoy your Christmas, Hanukkah, New Year. Uh, and I think that's all that's falling in that immediate time. But I might be wrong that there is another uh, celebration, uh, Saturnalis. Kwanzaa? Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. But blessings to everyone. Uh, and go be a prick. Yeah. Of light. Of hope. All right, friends. Bye. Bye.